Hey everybody, welcome to the Thematic Podcast. What's up? I'm Craig. I'm Daniel. And this is season three. We're so glad that you're with us. <laughs> I was like waiting with bated breath for what you were going to say. Sometimes really you good. can say more in a pause than you can in words. It's really good. Say la. Sweet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Not the moment for a pause. Here we go. We are um, addressing real people's questions, comments, and concerns. Yeah. And... Um, most of this hasn't been pre-thought out or studied or researched. Oh, it's, none of it has. <laughs> none of it has. <laughs> On purpose, yeah. yeah. Well, in one sense, none of it has. But in the other sense, the only reason you can be thematic is because yeah, you've spent true. your life. Yeah. And so- That's the entire purpose of this podcast. If you're watching it, you didn't know the premise. The premise is, Craig and I were sitting around one day, we have so many great theological discussions, and we realized that we could have these because both of us have spent- a lot of time passionately pursuing the word. I think both like teenage years, just getting really hungry to know and understand. Mm-hmm. Mine was a little later than teenage years. But You're amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but the point is we want everyone to be able to have that. We think we all should be having it. And the, the we need to be ready in and out of season. And so when yeah. people are like, Hey, what does Jesus think about this? Like we have, we have um, something to speak about from not just our opinion, but from real, life lived with Jesus and in his word. That's right. That's it. So here's the thought and the question today, and we'll Mm -hmm. see what we know about what the word says. Can you talk about believers? This comes from Instagram, by the way, underscore honey with a dot in the middle underscore. Honey? Well, it's underscore H-O-N dot E-Y-Y-Y underscore. I like it. Yeah. A creative way uh, to get yeah, that username, you know. Yeah, honey, good job. Instagram, she asked this question. I'm a, I'm guessing it's a she. <laughs> <laughs> they you asked know. the question. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk about believers who date, marry, date or marry non-believers? And what does the Bible or God say about this? Yeah. Well, let's. This is going to be a very real episode. Um, before we get into it, because b- the Bible is actually pretty clear on this, so I bet you know the same thing that I know about it. Let's talk about it from a place of tenderness, no judgment. I think there's two groups of stakeholders, or sorry, that's business talk. Two groups of people here: people that are maybe in marriages like that. Uh-huh. They already kind of maybe made that decision. Um, should they unmake it? Let's talk about that a little bit. But then also, if you're it, you know, still looking for a relationship should, you know, yeah. should that be a priority? Yeah, these so are two talk very about different two, conversations. Two very different, yeah. Are you already married or are you not married? So Where do you want to start? Let's start with the unmarried. Okay. So you are unmarried. Should you be in a relationship with somebody, if you're a believer, genuinely trying to follow Jesus, should you, can you, is it okay to be in a relationship with somebody that doesn't believe? No. So there's the answer. If you want to know the heart behind the answer, the heart is beautiful. And I can tell you as someone who's been married 18 years as of just a few days ago, there is nothing more potent that God has ever designed to shape a man or a woman than marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. Even more than like having children, like your marriage will shape you because it's a relationship of choice and who you sync up with. The Bible calls it yoking. We could talk, we need to talk about that picture a little bit because it's really beautiful Mm. because it's, it, it says, do not be unequally yoked. Well, we have that passage. Yeah, let's pull it up. But but I was just talking about the picture. Like, it doesn't mean just not, don't marry an unbeliever. There could be types of believers you shouldn't be yoked with. Hmm. That's the power of hmm. that visual. 
it doesn't just say don't marry an unbeliever. It says do not be unequally yoked. Um, and so that's really powerful because there's nothing more important than in your marriage. Like it will shape you. They will pull on you. You will pull on them. It is not all roses. And, you know, and so, so the answer, short answer is no, but the reason is beautiful. It's for your good and for theirs. So you need to find someone that is equally yoked Mm -hmm. going the same. So a yoke is, what's a yoke? Yeah. So a yoke is, um, well, let me just read the passage. Read it out. I mean, well, you really said it. Second Corinthians six fourteen. Just you know, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Yeah. So it says with unbelievers, but the now, picture the, is... the context of the passage is talking a lot about a lot of crazy stuff like uh, pro- basically prostitution and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And but he he goes on to talk about like what fellowship or relationship does light have with darkness, and mm-hmm. what relationship does does Jesus have with these yeah. false gods, and and but the analogy or what like the, the statement. The point that he's trying to make yeah. is like we are called to belong to God and set apart. And yes. so why how could we be in relationship with somebody that's not be in this sense? Of course yeah. we're supposed to be in relationship with people, but because yeah. so so what does it mean? What does yoke so, mean? So so I'm gonna explain what a yoke is and why I think it's so beautiful of a picture. Okay. So a yoke is when you would um hook oxen to a cart to plow. You would have a wooden, it looks like kind of like a, mm-hmm. like when you were a kid and you drew those birds in the sky, it kind of looks like that. And then you put those two halves together and it goes around their necks and it, yep. it's meant to press on their shoulders as they walk the same direction. Yep. We could probably put a picture up because it's video. So if you're watching video, we'll put a picture up of what it is. But for really experienced farmers or field workers, they really would want two animals of the same strength mm-hmm. and the same height. The closer the animals were to being exact match to each other, the smoother the entire plowing process would be. If you had a really strong animal on the right, you're, you would list or lean to the right mm-hmm. because that animal would outpull the other one. And then the poor weaker animals getting its neck jacked up and, and it's getting calloused and they would have bleeds and they, you know, they'd roll mm-hmm. up blankets and things to put them inside all to compensate for having two animals that were unequally yoked. If they were equal, they could both pull at the same pace and strength and height. And it would be a great experience for both animals and for the the plowman who in an analogy of marriage, think of the plowman as Jesus and we are the animals. And, and I, I tell you, I mean, Jess is a great match for you. Marie is a great match for me. I mean, I was so attracted to my wife because intellectually she is a genius and like we would have so much rich conversation and I could never outpace her and she felt the same way. And so we're called, Craig, you have a big call in your life. I have a call in mine. Our, that means we as couples are called and we have a field to plow and you need to be yoked with someone who has the same passion and energy right. for Jesus as you do. Right. That is why it's so loving. It's not just don't marry an unbeliever. Certainly don't. You have nothing in common. Like you're yeah. a regenerated human trying to serve Jesus. You have um, a, a, um, a person guiding your every decision. They are getting to just live for themselves. Like that will never go well for you. Right, right, right. You know, so that's what it means. Yeah. If you're thinking about it just in terms of like, well, that's that's just a rule. And, you know, God loves everybody and I should love that person too. But yeah, if, if you think about your life as a racetrack and you are running down this thing, if somebody's not going the same direction as you, Oh, they're going to pull you off your course. And and it doesn't just create an inconvenience like you can't get where you're going. I mean, in the analogy, why we shouldn't even try to change the analogy. It's beautiful. The yoke. When one animal is too weak, both the strong and the weak are being hurt. 
the strong mm. animal's getting abrasions and around its neck and it's being choked off as it tries to do what it knows its job is. But the weak animal's getting jacked up too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're equally yoked, there's none of that tension, none of that challenge, and the job gets done at half the effort. It's really important. So the answer is no. Don't get married to an unbeliever. And beyond that, try to find someone who's going to pull the same way that you're going to pull, yeah. who's going to love Jesus passionately and serve him the way that you're going to do it. It will really go well for you. Yeah, so there's and, your answer. And just practically speaking, you don't have to look too far to know that the divorce rate in this world is very high. Yeah. And there is enough stress to go around in every area of life, totally. whether it be finances, with children, with work, with sexual issues, with whatever. Like there's there's enough problems that even people that are yoked together in a God-ordained healthy relationship are going to face. There's going to be struggles. Yeah. Um, and so... I just, yeah, if you're not, if you're not on the same page with the most central thing in your life, which is your faith, yeah, there's no way that you're going to be on the same page with some of the lesser things in your life. 100%. But if you have the central, um, if you're in unity on the essentials, yeah, then there can be a little bit of grace. Um, Liberty. I think it gives you, I think it gives you, will give you strength to, mm-hmm to face maybe the disagreements or the tensions in the other areas yeah. because you know that you're you're yoked together you're on the same page with the with the most important things yeah for sure 100% and, and you know loving god serving god faith in god yeah. his kingdom is the most important thing and by the way your relationship with god is number 1 above it has to be. above your spouse or future spouse 100%. and above your kids, your your little baby that it's like, this is my baby. Guess what? Your relationship with God needs to be number one above your relationship yeah. with that baby. Jesus says some pretty harsh words. He says, if you don't love me more than your father or mother, sister or brother, you have no place mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. What, you know, unless you hate them. Yeah. But what's he saying? It's not the real word, English word hate, but it, 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 yeah, it's a it's, super strong word. For, it's not, the point is like compared to me, everything else is, that's it. That's yeah. what it means. Yeah. So the reverse is true too, Craig. Like if you're really compatible in the shallow things, good for you. Great. <laughs> Do not marry someone until you explore the deep issues surrounding your faith. Mm-hmm. Essentially your faith in Jesus. Secondarily, like the way you express your faith in Jesus and make sure your moralities are aligned. Because when you have children or you make a family, Every one of those viewpoints will matter to you in four to five to six years or whatever. Absolutely. So it might be great on the surface. Do not make a decision that will change your life until you really explore those other areas. Yeah. So, um, so before we move on to yeah. those that are already married, um, let me, uh, so we just really talked about, say you're considering even dating somebody and if it, you know you're a believer and they're not, mm-hmm. I think we would both agree our general answer is no. Yeah. You really shouldn't do that. Um, so if, uh, if you are a believer mm-hmm. and they are a believer, you touched on this for a second. I want to touch on it again before we get to those that are already married. You're a believer and they're a believer. Cool. Okay, so good. We're on the. Yeah. We have the. We have the essentials in unity thus far. Mm-hmm. But still, even within the realm of two believers, you you reference this. What are the bigger questions that somebody should be asking, 
that still might be like, hey, other than, oh, I'm, I'm really attracted to you and my emotion, I love you, but, yeah. but there's still some bigger questions that, so like if you're like, I know for a fact the call in my life is to go be a missionary in Mozambique. Yeah, you should probably disclose that. <laughs> but, but, but the <laughs> yeah. person that you're dating, they, they got good looks, they got money, they got a great personality, they're funny, they're brilliant, they're everything, but they're like, no, I don't ever want to be a missionary, ever. They love Jesus with all their heart, but they're like, no, I'm supposed to stay in America and do X, Y, and Z. It's like, dude, there's no sin there. You've got a great call in your life, but if you yoke yourself with that person, mm -hmm. one of the two of you is, if it's really a call, is not going to fulfill that call for sure yeah so like what do you think about that is your is your opinion that like yeah it's not well a, it's if, not a sin issue in my mind anymore you know yeah it's not, yeah. It's not a sin um it might be unwise and walking into it heads up going when you have a heart like when your heart is beating for the mission that god put on your life like you'll never get that out of you <laughs> Like, you know, and so your marriage would be competing with that call in your life. And Paul actually does talk about that in another place, right? Where um, he said, I wish that you all could be single and serve God only the way that I am. He was, you know, celibate at this point in his life or, yeah. you know, um, he's like, but once you choose to be married, like, you know, you, a married man's mind is filled with other things, you know, and, and yeah. that's true. When, when you choose to get married, uh, you now have the responsibilities of, of a husband, not just being saved and having the responsibilities of a child of God mm -hmm. and they're different responsibilities and anywhere they compete, that'll be a challenging, you know, uh, yeah. journey for you. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I wouldn't say it's a sin issue. It is a wisdom thing. Um, be, loving and thoughtful to that other person and disclose as much as, as you can. But I, I, my hierarchy, like what I'm going to tell my kids is this, um, salvation first, like, are they regenerated? Into, like they, do they love Jesus and want to live for him? Number two calling. Cause the calling is, is the gifts and call of God are irrevocable. It's going to beat in their heart forever until they fulfill it. Number three, morality issues and family issues. Mm -hmm. Like, do we have the same type of morality? Do we have the same viewpoint on like the roles and discuss those things right. at first? Those, the, so the first one would be kind of a sin issue to me. Like do not marry someone unequally yoked mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. And then, then it's all about wisdom and good, better, best. Wisdom. That's, that's my yeah, two I like cents that. on it. I yeah. like that. And, and just really practical, I find that there's a few specific issues that tend to be a bigger deal than others. You yeah. Know? Like, you want to go through a couple? Yeah. Like how you want to spend your money? Yeah. Are we going to give or not? Are we going to be giving people to charities in the church? How are we going to spend our money? You know, did you grow up in a family that it's like, yeah, we always buy brand new cars or no, we always buy the thing that just runs, but it, it works. Mm -hmm. You know, do we spend money on vacations or not on vacations? Yeah. Like stuff like that. It might seem like, yeah, well, we'll figure that out. Like whatever. But some of those, sometimes money is a big deal. To it people. is. Yeah. So I talk about that. Uh, what Wanting about this? Children. Like, well, I just, yeah, we're all, yeah, of course you get married and have kids at some point. We'll have kids, but maybe the person doesn't want to have kids. Yeah. Like, and you, if you don't talk about that, that's a big deal it's a huge deal i mean it's yeah. huge um yeah so, so you know some of those things um we did this thing once this this uh pre, we called a pre-marriage retreat we took a bunch of couples that were getting ready to get married and instead of doing individual counseling with them we would do it all in a room for a full day and do all these lessons and uh 
Jessica and I got to teach the sex portion mm-hmm. and we had this really fun time where we got to talk about expectations. Yeah, that's you know, really good. Frustration is unmet expectations. And so we did this thing where we gave everybody a blank sheet of paper and then we said, you fill out these, don't put your name on it and you can drop them in these bowls anonymously, one for girls, one for guys. And we asked them this, how often do you think after you get, <laughs> after you get married, how, how often? often are you yeah. going to have a sexual encounter? Yeah. You know, and things like that. And the numbers were right way different. The numbers, <laughs> the numbers are eight hundred. Yeah, like per week, daily, for the every guys, day, yeah. every day. Yeah, it's actually funny though. Multiple years in a row, what you'd expect is they were flipped. Really, more often the wim- the women would write, which we know, we know from scientifically and and otherwise that that's not actually how women feel. Yeah, most women you know when they get married and yeah uh, men typically are going to want to do that anyway it just was really crazy how you're yeah. expecting something and then what your expectation is and then the other person might have a differing expectation from yeah. you and you so, don't even think to talk about it because you're like you know that's just your lens but yeah that's that's beautiful so anyway let's some move of those on things, let's move on to we just have a like a few minutes eight so, minutes left so if you're already married mm-hmm. and so you get married unsaved both of you are unsaved and you get married yeah, or let's just say yeah. that somebody didn't know and they were saved and they, they didn't know. Great. So either way, if you're married now, it's done. It's done. You're, you're already yeah. in that covenant. So so yeah. you were you were saved and they weren't and you didn't know this mm-hmm. or you were both unsaved and and since you've come to know the Lord, yeah. with, uh, of which we, you know, I know people like that. Yeah. And it's like, man, I'm I'm believing for my spouse, but yeah. is it okay to say, well, yeah, you're you're not saved. I should divorce you. Yeah, I should go find a Christian spouse. Yeah. Um, the, the good Bi- news is the Bible speaks to this Bible directly. The Bible actually speaks to it. Yeah, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, um, Paul writes to the church, and he says with pretty much no uncertain terms, remain married. Yep. Um, and the good news or the hope to remaining married is you have the light of Christ in you now, and that person that you're married to has the best odds they've ever had in finding and knowing Jesus through you. Mm. That's the good news. It also kind of gives us a glimpse into how precious marriage is to Jesus. Um, it's a big deal, mm-hmm. you know, which is why we're spending the time talking about it. Um, but yeah, if, and and I can't imagine what it must be like to be in a marriage with someone who doesn't share those values. And I, I'm sure it's, pretty painful as if you have to raise kids together and you have competing viewpoints. Um, and I, my encouragement is find a great community, get you or your children or, you know, those kind of things around other believers um, and pray, pray, pray for mm-hmm. your spouse, your unbelieving spouse. Yeah. yeah. Pray for them. So stay with them, pray for them mm-hmm. and, and represent Jesus as, as well as you can. If it's just nagging and, come on, come to church with me. Like, you know, that's probably not going to help. Yeah. But if you are just overflowing with a real cha- life change and, and real love for Jesus, a real kindness, yeah. and um, that's the best chance that you're going to have of yeah. convincing that person that you're involved in something real. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I don't know if I have much to add. I yeah. don't have any experience in that area, but um, my heart goes out to those yeah. folks, but I know that because it's in the written word, that it's an issue that enough people deal yeah. with that there needed to be 
you know, one of the apostles of the early church wrote about it. Yeah. And so that should give you some hope that you're not alone, that other people go through it. And the Bible says that Jesus is near to the brokenhearted. So if any areas of your heart are disappointed or hurt and, and conflicted about your marriage, take peace in knowing that Jesus foreknew and sees and is there to help you and he's near to you. Yeah. That's it. That's Beautiful. all I got on that. If you are... um Looping back to those that are not yet married, let me just encourage you with this little anecdote. Um, it, I've heard this before, and so I looked it up. It says a single draft horse can pull a load of 8,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, that the strength for that is just crazy. But it says, imagine if you yoked it with another draft horse of equal strength, you would assume that if each can pull 8,000 pounds alone, that they could probably pull 16,000 pounds together. But something crazy happens when you yoke them together, they can pull 24,000 pounds together. It just mathematically doesn't even make sense Mm -hmm. because literally 8,000 pounds alone is all you could do. But something happens when there's a unity and the strength of the two is is not just addition, but it's multiplied. Yeah. Do you know why? Why? Distribution. So when you yoke the animals together all the weight and pressure isn't on their collarbone the same way that it was with 8,000 pounds. So it's not just that their muscles lack the strength to pull. That makes sense. It's that the pressure on them is too great, that they their muscles are stronger than their pressure can take. And so when you oh. distribute the stress, the animals can pull more. They're using the full function isn't of the it, muscles. Isn't that amazing? That's, That's the picture. It's not just magic. It's like it's science, you yeah. know, and it's how God designed it. And it's a perfect picture. That's why I love, and we should, like, I never want to mess that analogy because it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's like, you know, in a marriage when you're, when you're yoked together with that, like my wife is as smart, as strong, as faithful. She's better than me in every way, you know, and I can't imagine doing life without her and what we can do together because we cover each other and we Mm. distribute the load and the pain and the stress of life. It's beautiful the way God designed it. So do your very best to stay in the pocket with what he designed because he knows so much more than we could possibly know about it. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, I don't know if you have any final thoughts, is especially to those that are looking, I know the temptation can be so strong to just get married because either you want to have sex or, man, all my friends are, and or, you know, you want to take that, you're, you're whatever age and you just, you want to have that next stage in life and settle down in a house, but please don't rush into this. Yeah. The commitment of marriage unless you're later in life, for most people, is going to be the longest, most significant commitment you could ever make. Come on. Please make your body, force your flesh to take the time that it should take for your mind and your emotions. In your heart. In your heart Mm -hmm. to really consider it. Spend, I, I always like to encourage people to spend a year dating somebody. I know not everybody agrees and that's okay. And I know people that have dated for a short period of time and they've made it. But I would say the rule of thumb for me is do a relationship with somebody through all it. four seasons. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because like it or not, and people aren't aren't being dishonest or deceptive, but when you're in a new relationship, you put your best you're foot just forward. putting your best foot forward. Yeah. You're trying to be, and sometimes subconsciously you're you're saying, Man, I want to be that person. So you you show that person for two months, but you, if that's not really who you are, you can't show that for two years and then those are the sort of things that come out two years in yeah. marriage that cause only all these time problems. and pressure and circumstances can bring out the real person so allow 
both for them to get to know the real you because you can't keep up the veneer of a four month, you know, that you could in four months. So it's good for them and great for you. Yeah. Like, I totally agree. So maybe the maybe the, the foundational point is not a certain prescribed amount of time, but to really ask yourself, am I really being the real me with this person? Come on. Whatever the amount of time. And if you're confident of that and you're confident that they are, then okay, you yeah. know, move forward. But, then you, then but you just at make least sure, can make a yeah, good decision. Yeah, you le- make sure you're the real you. Don't be pressured into it, forcing it because you want something. And yeah, make sure that the most essential things you're on the same page with. And no matter no matter what, if if you're a person that's in that marriage right now, God is not forsaking you. He's with yeah, you. He's with you. And there's a path. Wherever we find ourselves in life, in God, there's always a path forward that he'll lead us on if we'll give our life over to him. So I hope hope that that answered the question. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking and uh, keep your questions coming. You can send us more questions on Instagram or TikTok or on the thematicpodcast.com. And we thank you for them. And would you please just do us a favor and and leave a review of this and share this with a friend. That's the best way to get the podcast out to more people. So God bless you. We'll see you next time. See ya.